Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we squander all of our gratitude crystals determining the best NPC in Skyward Sword. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my favorite NPC on this podcast, Mark Mitchell. I mean, from my perspective, you're an NPC. Every, yeah, completely. Right. And from your perspective, I am an NPC That's right. uh, in your life. That's right. Even though it seems sometimes like we are 100% in totally in sync, right? we are, in fact, making choices of our own all the time. Here's an interesting uh, thought experiment. In the listener's mind, we're both NPCs in their world. Wow. Isn't that weird? Is is this is this the premise of Free Guy? Are that, we in that the movie? Matrix? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right that he's 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 an NPC. Uh-huh. Um and like he gets woken up and has to like right, not be a like be a playable character of his own. Yeah. Yeah. And the Lego movie. Yeah, yeah, I guess that is sort of the Lego movie as well. Is that is it also kind of her? Is her kind of that as well? Except from the perspective of the person who's just in love with the, the voice that is like gaining sentience. Interesting. And when we say the Truman Show is also this? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, in like Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in a way, right. that movie... Uh, of like the train coming towards the screen. Right. What we're saying is all stories are free guy. <laughs> Every single one. That's right. It's the it's it's the uh, prototypical story that we were telling around campfires. I, I mean, if it's a if it's the perfect, you know, story to tell, why right. tell any other story? Every movie should be free guy. Is what I'm saying. Right. So speaking of things that are basically free guy, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it? You can. Or at least you can try. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. There may be a, a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there. That's just one of the things that can happen. You play whatever game is in there for as long as you want. You send it back. I pay for postage both ways. Um, get on that list. Participate in the program. Another thing you can do is leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it so much when you do. It helps people find the show. It helps grow the Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you leave us a review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we can see it, and so we will give you a shout-out on the show. We love to give people shout-outs. If you leave us a review anywhere else or you share the show some other way, let us know. Send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. We'll give you a shout-out as well. Yeah, we're not picky with like how you interact with the show. If it's like... If your podcatcher has like a a rating of stars, great, give us stars. If you can only like fave it, then go ahead and fave it. If you had to like rate it on a scale of one to seven rainbows, like go ahead and do that. Mm -hmm. um, we always appreciate it. March, which is upon us, is Kirby month. We will be spending the whole month playing and talking about Kirby games. Uh, Mark and I are no strangers to the Kirby franchise, but we need your 
input. So if you have memories, Kirby-related memories, not just any old memory, it's got to be related to a Kirby video game in one way or another. Um, uh, or if you have suggestions for games you would like us to play or talk about or things in the Kirby universe that you would like us to talk about, please email us, Society at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter or any of the number of ways that you know how to get in touch with us. We know you know how to do that. We know it. Um, I'm very excited, Mark. Kirby Month is it's, it's, it's upon us. Yeah, it's basically here. Which, thank you to everybody who has sent in yes. memories and ideas for the month. If you have those that you want to share, please get them in soon. Because like Patrick is saying, uh, March will be here before you know it. And uh, we kind of are beginning to shape out what Kirby Month is going to be, but we're always open to different ideas. Yes. So, um, yeah. Should should let we us, announce our, what our first Kirby Month show is going to yeah, be? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so this will be two weeks from today. We are going to be digging deep into the 3DS classic Kirby Planet Robobot. Um, so if you would like to play along with us or just, you know, kind of brush up on what Robobot is all about before that episode comes out, you now have the opportunity to do so. Um, all right, Mark, are you ready to get into what we're talking about today? Yeah, I'm so excited. We've got a task. Let's get into it. Let's determine the best NPC in The Legend of Zelda, The Skyward Sword. Now, Mark, I would say that one of my favorite episodes that we have ever done on this show was when we determined the greatest Zelda NPC of all time with uh, Omar Najam. Uh, and we had a great conversation talking about a lot of NPCs from all over the Zelda canon with kind of one huge exception. We didn't talk about any characters from The Legend of Zelda, The Skyward Sword. No, I mean, Skyward Sword has been such a blind spot for us until Skyward Sword HD came out, and yeah. we both had an opportunity to play it. Right. Um, so, I mean, now I feel like we are going to go about writing this wrong and determining, not that we are then going to then you know pit it against the best uh, Zelda NPC. <laughs> no. Um, right. <laughs> but <laughs> just as an exercise on its own, uh, I think this is important because... The characters in Skyward Sword are very, as they, as they are in lots of Zelda games, they're very, like, unique, right? Mm -hmm. they, they're specific. They have personalities and voices, and they're all weirdos. The Zelda is famous for having a bunch of weirdos in it, and Skyward Sword is no slouch in this regard. Um, just packed to the gills with weirdos that you visit and revisit, and they become weirder. They reveal, like, layers of themselves to you where you're like, oh, I thought you were a macho jock, and now, like, I understand you're, like, a noble warrior. Yeah, no, they're they're all weird, stinky little onions. Yes, that's right. Um, and so we, look, Mark and I have both finished this game now. Um, and we've peeled back as many layers of these onions as we possibly could. So I think we are finally in a position to uh, determine which one of these is the greatest. And this is not a ranking, right? Uh, but our findings will, of course, be definitive. Um, and the way in which we are going to approach this is we have got a list of characters in Skyward Sword from the Zelda fandom wiki. Um, and we are going to go through every single one. And determine whether or not they should be in the conversation for best. Whether they meet any of the qualifications where either one of us wants to vouch for them and say, like, yeah, I want to dig in deeper. Yeah, um, I feel I feel like if because in that original 
best Zelda NPC episode with Omar that I, you know, we even took uh, listener suggestions. Yeah, that's and right. I don't think anybody from Skyward Sword came up, but I feel like to kind of, as a mea culpa to yeah. leaving that out, we're going to re- dig into all of the Skyward Sword NPCs, even the ones that in normally I don't think would um, enter the conversation. Will there be some characters in here that we say, uh, who is that <laughs> to each other? What do they do? And then do some quick Googling. How are they different from the other one? I mean, that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we will mention every single character by name in this episode. That is on the Zelda fandom wiki. That's right. We're not doing our own research. So, no, so no, no, if one no. is missing, leave your then angry comments there. Yeah. Right. Well, and also, like, how many ancient robots are there? <laughs> like, they each have a different number. Like, we're that's really right. that's we're really just going to mention the one scavenger one yeah, and the one that, point. like, drives the boat. Like, yes. that's, that's it. Yep. Um, but, Mark, right off the bat, I think we need to address uh, there are three characters, I think, in this game that are technically playable characters. Link, obviously, right. a playable character. Uh, so he will not be in, in, in this conversation. But point of controversy, Fee? This is one that I thought about before we started to record this. Like, how are we going to handle Fee? Yeah. So Fee is like the um, sword character, basically. Yeah, I mean, like she, the personification she is... of the sword. A, a sword demon? goddess yeah right uh like a poltergeist it's not it's not clear she is she is the spirit of the sword right um and obviously has a like personality um and a life outside of the sword yeah, like as a well. physical manifestation yeah totally um but she is your sword right um and you frequently use buttons and uh, motion controls to control her um so is she an npc well okay Point of order. Okay. Within our original point of order. Right. We'll get it back to the first point of order after we address this one. Are you controlling, as the player, are you controlling Fee or are you controlling Link, Link. who is manipulating the sword? I mean, that's... Okay. That's a great question. Is... Maybe you're not controlling her. I mean, you are pushing buttons that, like, summon her out of the sword. Yeah, that is true. To talk to you. Yeah, that's right. And Link isn't really taking action. And even if Link... Okay. Yeah. To to my uh, original question, now I'm questioning it myself. Yes. Like, the fact that... Let's say it is true that you are not playing as Fee, that you are controlling Link, who is then controlling yes. Fee... Does that really make a difference having that like layer of separation? Yeah, this is a great question. Cause like, would we also count uh, Link's loft wing? I know well, we're not gonna. There are no. There are gonna be no loft wings on this list. But if there were, that's a character we're controlling, even though we're controlling Link on top of it, right? Yeah. Yes. I don't recall. Was Epona like one of our? But Epona is like. I'm I'm getting myself twisted around like what the <laughs> definition of, of playable and like who you're controlling. And I who you're I controlling. think so. I think the original point yeah is correct in that I think it is fair to say that you are controlling fee, and I feel like whether that is like true, uh, whether that is a definition that the entirety of the world would agree with, I feel like for our sure. purposes that I think that's a fair distinction to make. I, I will agree with you, and partially because 
Um, Fee has the sort of like added both baggage and benefit of always, literally always being with you. So like it's a constant presence that none of the other characters have. So like you just have so much more with her um, that like, I don't, I just don't want to deal with that baggage. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And also, uh, are we making excuses already? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Have you listened to this show before? (laughs) But uh, no, I, so I agree. I think that fee should not be in the conversation for best NPC in Skyward Sword. I do, even though we talked about a little bit on Tuesday after I had finished the game, I do want to just say that um, I know that Fee has a bad reputation and that totally could have been earned because of like interrupting the game and giving too many hints in the Wii version could have absolutely been earned. My experience with Fee was generally very positive. Like I didn't find the character annoying. And at the end, I thought like uh, her relationship with Link was touching. Yeah, well, and I guess this is as good a point as any to say that in this conversation, we are going to freely spoil anything that oh, happens great point. in The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Um, as uh, you know, Mark alluded to, um, the at the end, he found Link and Fee's relationship to be touching. Uh, it's because she leaves him at the end, uh, and she, like, you know, is like, I'm glad that we went on this adventure together and says goodbye. And it, it's, it is like, it's moving. Yeah. Um, all right. So fee, not in the conversation, not eligible for best NPC. Groose. So Groose is, is starts the game as like the bully of Skyloft. Yeah. Kind of picking on Link, has a crush on Zelda, is upset that Link and Zelda have like a friendship and a connection that he doesn't have. Right, and, like, tries to insert himself into that, and, like, uh, it also thinks that he's, like, he thinks very highly of his, like, flying and, like, Sky Knight abilities mm-hmm. uh, and all of this stuff. Then he gets sent down to the surface, uh, and there is humbled a little bit by by what he finds there. He develops a nice relationship with, here's another a huge spoiler for the game, uh, with uh, Impa, the the old woman who is uh, guarding the uh, temple, uh, the sacred temple. Um and uh, then at one point you are fighting that thing. What is it? It's like the un. Uh, I couldn't remember it on Tuesday when we were talking about it. Right, I can't remember it now. But it's like now. the. It's not immortal, but it's like something like that. Right. It's this big whale looking. It's a whale with feet, uh, uh-huh. and you have to hack its toenails off or something. Um, but during some of those encounters, you can switch over to control Groose, who is uh, like around the perimeter of this pit shooting cannonballs into it. So you can momentarily control Groose. And I think this is not a gray area. You are no longer controlling Link at this point. It is just Groose that you're controlling. Now, so he is temporarily playable. However, I think he should be in the conversation for best NPC. What, what, Mark, what are you making a face? The Imprisoned. The Imprisoned. Yeah, yes. that's the name of the big, uh, like, scaly whale. Scaly whale. But I think we have... I, I really liked Groose's arc, and uh-huh. I think Groose is a great character. Yes. But I oh, no. I just... I think this we have is, to eliminate This is heartbreaking. I, I mean, we just... We eliminated yeah. Fee, and we had right. to jump through multiple layers of, like... Uh, cognitive thinking to come to like, well, is Link actually controlling or is it an NPC? Like whatever. But I think Groose is unequivocally a playable, a playable character within the game, not the entire time, but is a playable character. As much as I enjoy Groose's growth, 
I yeah. just don't think that he can be in the conversation. Wow. Okay. So first huge domino to fall. Groose no longer eligible for best NPC. But a great character and, and uh, well, one of the best story arcs. Yeah. In, I mean, in, in yes, we have come to bury him, but let's. We should. <laughs> we should. I do feel like we should spare a few words for yeah. um, Groose. First, Groose, go see a doctor. You have yellow eyes, buddy. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 a real problem. He is jaundiced as all get out. He's also way too big. Like he's just so much taller than everyone else. Is he a child like the rest of them? I don't think he is. <laughs> I think this is a full-grown adult who's going to like child Sky Knight school. But the thing that is yeah. nice about Groose is that yeah, he does like he starts out as this like pompous character that's a little bit of a bully, and you know. I don't know, when he first showed up, I was like, I've seen this before. Yeah. Like, I get it. I never need to see Groose and his gang of friends ever again. I was even, uh, well, upon meeting Groose, I was kind of even uh, dreading a redemption arc. Like, I was I was kind of like, don't try to get me to like this guy. Yeah. And then they did it yeah. by humbling him so completely. The scene where he gets down to the surface um, and is, like, wowed by trees and, like, a forest... Yeah, and that's one thing that is an important point with Skyward Sword is that in, you know, the sky where all these characters are from, they haven't been to the ground. Right. They haven't been to, like, um, the Hyrule below. Yeah. It's a real touch grass moment for Groose, right? And it changes him. Because, like, I, I like, you try to imagine, like, what that actually is for those characters that have spent all of their life on this tiny island floating in the sky. Sure, they fly around in the in the clouds but and land on even smaller islands. Um, but that they're, they've never – Groose has never seen a desert. He's never seen an ocean. Like, everything is new to him. Uh, so it's just – it's like a – it's got to be like a life – view changing experience and it's cool to see Groose experience that because like link doesn't really right like right. sort of it's on the player to feel that difference um but for the player you just like want to get to the next area right and, and you know there's a world beneath the clouds because that's where you live um and so yeah like Groose is how we how we as a player like can actually experience that the majesty of that moment. And I also think what really for me the thing that I liked about Groose's story, um, that I feel like you see less often because you know seeing the bully turn like you're saying like already kind of dreading the redemption arc. Yeah, I really enjoyed his relationship with old lady Impa. Yeah, and that he like um, is like wants to protect her and cares about her and making sure that she's safe and like. That sort of connection was unexpected, and I liked that a lot. Yeah, especially when you only ever see, like, his relationships otherwise are, like, sort of predatory with Zelda, uh, obnoxiously uh, competitive with Link, and then just, like, he's got a, a gang of, like, cronies that, like, do whatever he says on Skyloft, and he doesn't seem like he's good to them, right. you know? Um, so that he is just genuinely serving Impa and she's not, he's not getting anything out of it other than just like love and respect um, is a beautiful thing. It was thing. so nice. Uh, it's such a great character arc. Groose, I'm sorry you are not eligible for best NPC. Maybe someday we'll do a mini ranking of the best playable character in Skyward Sword. Wow. But or we could just do like a best playable character in Zelda. Ooh. I mean, mostly that's Link. <laughs> But as we're finding uh, out, almost not exclusively. exclusively. <laughs> almost, though. A puzzle for another day. Yes, that's right. Um, okay, 
are there any other points, Mark, of controversy here? Any other characters that you think you could argue are playable? Not that I can think of. Maybe as we go through it, we will um, change our minds, but I really can't think of any more. What about the Scrapper droid? So I don't think you actually play as a Scrapper droid. You are... You just call him down. You're Yeah, right. you're calling yeah. him down. But otherwise, you don't, like, you don't even really tell him what to pick up. It's all scripted. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, all right. Uh, that's great. I think we should just start going through these characters as they are listed on the uh, characters in Skyward Sword Zelda fandom wiki. I think so, too. Do we want to start at, like, the bottom at kind of the Ooh, most anonymous and then yeah. work our way um, to the more interesting characters. Yeah, so that means that we will be starting on the uh, Lanairu province. First of all, let's get some agreement there. Is that how I say that word? <laughs> I am fine with that. Uh, I uh, I think you could ask 10 people and get 12 different ways of saying it. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am completely content for us to go with that pronunciation. Uh, well, so let's... Um, th- this is the uh, sort of um, desert area... Um, Probably my least favorite area in the game. Here's the thing. I love the like time-shifted uh, element. I love seeing the broken-down robots that are then uh, like restored when you travel back in time. But it is sort of the least alive of all the places. Uh, even with the you go back in time and it's like there's some greenery, but like it's still it's still kind of a desert. And uh, those robots aren't alive. <laughs> They're robots. <laughs> Um, but let's start with one of those robots, uh, LD-301N, Skipper. This is the robot who, uh, the ancient robot who drives the boat. Um, uh-oh, wait a minute. Do you control him when you're controlling the boat, or are you controlling Link? Shoot. It must, I, it, I feel like it must be the Skipper that you're controlling, because oh, no. Link isn't... Wow, I can't believe the first one yeah, that, that we, we found- start with is another. I I think that's true I, because yeah. there's no way that you are c- controlling Link. And even if you are controlling Link, who is manipulating the skipper, we that's eliminated the fee for fee, that. Right, yeah. So, All right. Sorry, uh, LD301 uh, and the skipper. Um, Goodbye to you and your cute hat. I mean, this is something that we have to talk about, though, is that all of these robots are pretty cute, right? Yeah. Just like generally speaking, it, it's a cute character design. Um, all they are is like a bowling pin and like two hands connected with electricity. But this one wears a hat. Yeah, it's like, you know, like a big sailor like a pirate hat. Yeah. Pirate hat. Um, and well, it's, see you later. Man, what a shame. Yep. he's He is absolutely a playable character. Man, that one hurts. Um, okay, uh, so then now we are going to move to uh, Lanairu itself, um, which is the like ancient dragon spirit that lives on the uh, Lanairu province. Uh, Mark, I'm going to go ahead and say let's talk about all of these dragon spirits together. Yes. Um, because I can sort of categorically say that I think their designs are weird and off-putting in a way that I am that I like, that I like, I like their presence in the game, but I will never make an argument that they should be uh, best NPCs. Any of the three of them. No, I, 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 I actually, I think your description of their art design is perfect. I, I really, so the first one that you see in the game is uh Faron, mm-hmm. which is like the water dragon. And this one, I really, I, I like, um, I, this one, I don't find off putting the other two. Uh, as with, a lot of the 
character designs in this game, they're like off-putting in a charming way, but still off-putting. So yeah, I'm um, the, none of them would be in contention for my favorite. Um, one thing that I do like about uh, Lenairo is that when you meet him, um, you like meet a skeleton of him, and you have to travel into the past to talk to like the ancient, like still alive version. Yeah, of that him. was fun. That is cool. Um, and like having to manipulate the time stones to to make that all work. Um, but yeah, so we we will bring up the other dragons as we uh, as we encounter them. But I think none of them are in the running for the best uh, character or best NPC in the game. Next up, we've got uh, we've got a Goron named Gortrum. Uh, Mark, I don't remember. The... So Gortrum is the one yeah. that he's running the rickety coaster mine. So you know, there's the yes. part mm-hmm. where you. Uh, <laughs> I guess the coaster cart wouldn't count as a favorite NPC either because you're controlling that. Because you're controlling the coaster cart for but, sure. But uh, yeah, we're basically you're on a roller coaster and you have to use the motion controls if you're playing with motion controls to keep like Link on the track. Yeah. Because he'll lean too far one way or the other. It's a kind of like a fun section. But I would not in a million years have been able to, been able to tell you that the proprietor was named Gortrum. Um, yeah, neither would I. Um, let's uh, let, let's talk about the the two other named Gorons, even though one of them it, it doesn't appear here. Um, but uh, Golo, um, who is Golo? Uh, oh, he's the assistant to the ar- ar- archaeologist Gorko. Um, and is researching the legend uh, of the three dragons. Uh, okay, um, I couldn't remember this guy, uh, so I'm going to say that Golo is not uh, in, in in our list of uh, potential. Is Golo the one who is like the researcher through, that follows you through the entire game? No, that's game? Gorko. Okay, so so he's just Gorko's assistant. Yeah, yeah. Golo, see you later. Uh, get get out of here, here, Golo. Um, but let's talk Gorko. Because um, you meet Gorko first in Faron Woods, right? Um, and it is disarming to see a Goron in the forest. <laughs> uh, and it's the first time you're on the surface, and it's the first time you're encountering a Goron. Uh, there's something very, uh, like, just sort of surreal about it. And I like how he pops up uh, in various places. He, as we, uh, mentioned in our determining the best Zelda NPC represents the like weirdo merchant character, or at least one of them in this game, um, is that he's like the traveling merchant. He sells you stuff. I like Gorko. Um, I don't know how much of a, a spirited defense I could give him when we get deep into it, but I think he should be in contention for our best NPCs. In I think so too. I, I like Gorko as well. I like that. He's like a scholarly Goron, like that he is traveling the surface because he's interested in the ancient civilizations that used to live there and is just trying to find out more. So he's like, when he sees Link, he's like, hey, can you're like going to go do this thing. Will you check this out? And then you come and like bring him information. And he's so delighted to learn more about it. Um, I like I like Gorko. I think he's fun. I think he's a good character. Great. So Gorko is our f- first real contender here um, for the title of best NPC in the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Uh, Mark, we are now lo- moving out of uh, Lanairu province uh, and into the Elden province, which is, of course, the volcano. Um, it is an area populated almost exclusively, in fact, exclusively by Weird uh, mole creatures. Yeah, magmas. Little, like, mole rat 
hybrid things with big arms for digging. Big arms for digging, and sometimes they sit on their tails, uh, and it looks strange. Yeah, and I, when I say big, I don't mean like um, no long, long like circumference. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They are they're like like weird arachnid arms. Yeah, they are not. These are not girthy arms, right? They are s- slender. They're like Michael Phelps arms. There we go. <laughs> we did it. Um, so there are actually a lot of There's named so many. Magmas. Um, I'm just gonna rattle off all of their names, and then maybe we'll pause on. Uh, a- after I say them all, then we'll go back. Okay. Uh, there's Zank, Knackle, Tubert, Silva, Platts, Tito, Mirko, Lead, Quartz, Gold, Cobalt, and Bonsai. Bronzai, sorry. Um, there are a bunch of weirdos in here, but. The there are only a couple of them that stick out to me as like discreet or distinct enough characters that I want to actually talk about them. Um, uh, I'm gonna say I want to talk about Platts and Tubert. Yeah, no, those were the two. Those are the two that, that I was going to pull okay. out as well. Yeah. Um. So Tubert is. Are all of these characters blind, or is just Tubert? Tubert's messed up, right? He runs the game that you uh, that you play in Elden Province, where you are just like digging as fast as you can to like uh, uh, unearth treasure, um, but not unearth a bomb. Um, and he is th- these are all weirdos, but he seems like an even more like supremely weird weirdo. Doesn't he also have a, a strange like speaking cadence as well? Yeah. So tu- uh, Tubert kind of reminds me of um, the. A Nazi doctor in Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is correct. The one yeah. who has like the round glasses and is wearing totally. the black like leather trench coat throughout right. the movie. The guy who has the 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 pendant like burned into his palm. Yes, palm yeah. yeah. Like Tubert has very like mad scientist, dangerous energy. He also kind of reminds me of the mole man character from Atlantis: The Lost Empire, the Disney movie. Sure, like. Char- like character Check out design. Mark's episode of uh, <laughs> uh, Inside, Inside the, the Disney, Disney Vault. Vault. <laughs> right, where we talked about yep. um, Atlantis the Lost Empire. But uh, yeah, so t- he is very kind of like sh- short and stout, but wide. Like wide as he is tall, yeah. with these long arms. Is he sitting on his tail as well? It feels like yes. he is. He's, he's most- definitely balancing on his tail. Most of them don't come all the way out of the ground. Yeah. Um, but Tubert will come all the way out of the ground. Uh, he's also uh, the only one wearing like clothing on his arms. Yeah. Does he not have fur? Is he a naked magma? I think he might be like. It's difficult to tell because none yeah. of them really have like rendered fur. Right. right but right. he looks the most naked mole rat ish of right. them all. He's the pinkest of them for <laughs> sure. He also has like a little mustache, which means unless he has hair on hair. He doesn't Boy, have this it is going a great on. Point. This is a great point. So do you think they're all sitting on their tails, but we only see it on Platts and Tubert because they're the only ones that come out of the ground? I think that's possible, but I mean, they wouldn't even have to be sitting if they're just like in the ground, right? A fair point, yeah. Um, but so let's talk about Platts a little bit. Uh, the, he is the other uh, of the um, uh, mo- mog- Mogmas, yeah. Mogmas that we want to talk about. Um, this is one that like helps you. Um, later in the game and teaches you about digging like un- like actually digging paths underground instead of just like digging down to get treasure um, and he is a Frady magma he's scared of everything he always thinks you're gonna be like some like snake thing that's gonna like eat him um, and I don't know there's just something about like the nervous scaredy cat energy that Platts brings that 
I kind of dig. I like it too. He also he has a giant treasure treasure chest strapped to his back. Like yeah. wears it like a backpack that's full of gems and stuff. And he also he um really likes food. Yeah. And so do you know who he reminds me of? Who's uh, that? This is another Disney animated character. It's uh Gus, the the mouse from Cinderella. Oh, okay, yeah. Kind of like scaredy. Yep. Um bigger, rounder, loves food. I'm I'm a fan of Platts. There is something also about the like treasure chest strapped to his back that feels very um like happy mask salesman where yeah. like mm-hmm. he's just got this like bundle strapped to his back and he's just gonna carry that thing throughout the world. Um so I wanna I wanna put Platts at least and maybe even Platts and Tubert in like our final conversation for best NPC. I think Tubert for me is I find him like off-putting a little bit. I'm glad we talked about him, but I yeah, I think you're right. We don't need to put him but in. But Platts, I, I would like to see Platts, we in that him. final conversation. Uh, so the, the only other character then from the Elven province that we have not yet talked about, the only non, non-Mogma uh, is Elden, one of the other uh, dragons. Or, or Eidlin? El- no, I was right. I was right. Elden. Um, uh, another just like weird-looking dragon design. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like we... Category ruled categorically ruled all three of them out. Yeah, my I I agree. All right, Mark. We now are moving on to the Lake Floria area. Floria area. Lake Floria area. Um, there are no Zoras in this game, but there are the uh, Perella Perellas, which are sort of like fish people, except they are I don't way stranger. They're like jellyfish. They're sort of like jellyfish, but they're also sort of like seahorses. Yeah. Yep. They're like if a seahorse was the stick that was holding up an umbrella. Right. And also somehow a little bit coral. <laughs> uh, I hope that painted a picture for you, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I believe the only named one is Jellyf, right? Right. And that's uh, the one that like you talk to and then is surprised that you're you can follow it yes okay. yeah and then he sort of like teaches you how to swim um and is like oh yeah i'll, I'll take you to to fair on the dragon who uh you know controls this place um i gotta talk about this name jellif which is spelled j-e-l-l-y-f as though someone wrote jellyfish and then hit backspace three times <laughs> It's weird. Hey, inspiration strikes, you know, <laughs> in uh, many different ways. Um, well, what do you think? Do you, do you like Jellyf or uh, no? No. Why not? Um, this character, the design of the Perellas, is I find gross. It's confusing. It's like membraneish. Like what's happening? There? Yeah, what? I'm just not a fan. What is that? I actually don't mind them in the game, but uh, I would never in a million years claim Whoa. that it was my favorite. Um, all right, then. Uh, the only other character in uh, Lake Floria that we would have to talk about is, of course, Farron, the dragon. Again, the dragons categorically cannot be a part of this list because we find their design off-putting. Although, Mark, I will agree with you that maybe of the dragons, he is the least off-putting. And I think that is partially because you are introduced to him earliest. Um, like, you meet him before you even really understand that there are these dragons in all yeah. the areas. Um, and ultimately, he just looks like those long neck aliens uh, on Kamino in Star Wars. Oh my gosh, you're so right. He looks like a Kaminoan. Yeah, except, you're so right. Except bluer. 
Um, all right, uh, Mark, we are now moving on to the Farron Woods, where we are talking all about these, the, the ki- Kiwi Keys or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, these, <laughs> what, what are they? What are these things? Are they birds? Are they plants? Are they mammals of some kind? I think, yeah. So to me, they kind of look like, uh, they kind of look like big fat raccoons a little bit. They do kind of look like big fat raccoons. They look... They're adorable. Kikwi is what is what they're called. Um, they're really, really cute. I, I I think we should try to put one of them in this conversation, but I'm not really sure which one. So the thing that I like about these guys is that they are almost all body, and it's hilarious. They're yeah. huge, and they're just this big furry in my mind. Yes, um, they're like, totally furry. Just like mass with these tiny little arms and stubby little legs that look like you would screw the legs on like an Ikea coffee table. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, they're really funny. They're really cute. Also, you say they're huge, but like only the old ones are huge, right? The the younger ones are, you know, maybe like two feet tall, mm-hmm. maybe a foot that's and a half. That's true, yeah. Um, but they have these like uh, plant-like things growing on their backs, um, which they can like you know, duck down and cause it to like sprout out. And then it's like, they're disguising themselves as a bush, um, which is adorable. I, I want to put out uh, Ulo as a, a, a possible best NPC contender. Uh, Ulo is uh, the Kikwi that you end up taking up to Skyloft um, for whoever it is that's like studying plants. Um, and you're like, hey, check out this, check out this thing. It's kind of a plant. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to stay here and I'm going to be your little <laughs> research subject. He's very good natured about it. I also really like uh, Yerbel. So mm-hmm. Yerbel is an, is an like old man yeah. or an old Kikui and has these long like branches kind of for hair yeah. coming off of its head. But uh, he lives on the great tree, which he climbed up and like just Can't get chose down. to not come down. Right. And so he's thus become a hermit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very funny. Uh, I think that's very funny, too. Now that we're talking about them, and I'm glad that we discussed both uh, Ulo and Yerbal, do either of them really like pass the, the test of getting to the the final conversation about who is the best NPC. I feel like the problem with all these Kikwis, which again, I really enjoy their existence, but they don't do anything in the game. Like they talk to you, but they don't really otherwise have like, for the most part, their personality is, I was going to say interchangeable, but most of them don't even really have personality, maybe scared, maybe yeah. like childlike a little bit. But And I know that that's one of the reasons why uh, we liked uh, Platts is that he is a little bit of a scaredy cat, but there's more to him than that. There's more to them than that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll agree. I don't really think any of them belong in the conversation. So I'm glad that we talked about a couple of them, but I think we have to move on uh, to the next uh, sort of category here, which uh, the uh, Zelda wiki is just listing as the surface. And there are three characters listed here, one of which we've already talked about, which is Gorko. Gorko's on the list. Um, let's start with Impa. So there's kind of there's two iterations of Impa in this game, which we will just count as one character, probably. Yeah, because they so. are one so. character. Yeah. It's just two. You see them at two different stages of their life. So there's like young Impa, who is this warrior, 
and protector of Zelda yeah. when she crosses through like the gate of time. And then there's old lady Impa, who is just the old woman through the majority of the game. And at the very end, when uh, in the past part of the gate of time, yeah. you know, Zelda has to leave to return to the normal timeline. She says goodbye to Impa, the young Impa, who is her protector. And in order for uh, Impa to remember her, Zelda leaves her one of her bracelets. Yeah. And then, you know, they go through the gate of time and they see the old woman who they now realize is wearing one of Zelda's bracelets and has been the entire time and is, in fact, Impa is an old woman. Um, I love this. I love the uh, sort of... Uh, you know, Impa as both a an old woman and like a young warrior. Like I, I feel like that has been something that the series has just sort of accidentally done forever. Uh, and then this game like sort of makes the do du- that duality like canon, like a, a, a fundamental part of the game. And then like, it's neat to see that also like reflected in the Breath of the Wild series, in that you get young Impa in uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, and you meet old lady Impa. Uh, in regular old Breath of the Wild, like I think that that is now a like a baked in part of her character, but it is only in Skyward Sword that that is established that she can be both in one iteration. Yeah, I I do really like that. I also like that in the game, even before like when you realize that the old woman is Impa, you're like, oh, like she has been acting as protector this whole time. Yeah. Like, and it's like 10,000 years, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like the night at, in uh, Indiana Jones and um, The Last Crusade. Indiana where... Jones getting a lot of play today. <laughs> that's just Let's kinda... see if we can get a, a, a Temple of Doom reference in here. <laughs> that's just been, uh, well, of course, the character whose heart gets ripped out when we get there. <laughs> but no, like Impa, um, yeah, I just, I really like this character. I liked that connection at the end. I think Impa's physical transformation from Warrior where she's, like very tall and you know powerful, and then the old woman is has been like shriveled like a raisin. Is you know maybe maybe three feet tall, wearing an enormous hat. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just what it's just hypermenopause, right? <laughs> over over centuries. Uh, I mean, it's it it is how we've seen uh, like the sort of like difference in the, the shape totally. of that character uh, th- throughout the series. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, I, and I know this isn't the only place that we know Impa from, obviously. Um, but I think this does one of the better jobs of uh, I like this iteration a lot. Uh, so she is in our, 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 she will be in our final conversation. Next up, Girahim. Let's talk about this weirdo now. Uh, super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so Girahim, if you'll recall our conversation when we both first started playing this game, I was a little not sure what to make of Girahim. And part of that is like his introduction I felt was Girahim is very queer coded in this game. And especially in the introduction, part of his menace to link is that he is like physically very close. Right. And sticking his tongue out uh and wagging it around. Oh no. Link's going to accidentally kiss a man. Yeah. 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 And so like that, that really, that really bugs me because I feel like one, it's just such uh, overplayed yeah. trope to like queer code your character, and honestly, if you're gonna do it, have the courage of your convictions and just say he's gay. Just say he's gay. <laughs> like actually, just like go for it. Yeah. Um. And so it really, so that part really bothered me. However, they basically like drop a, most of that 
Yeah. Yeah. Right like, after we, that first introduction. Well, we sort of drop most of our interactions with him after that first because we're, we're talking about the uh the lead up to the boss fight um in in the very first temple right in, in Farron woods um and then you have like a boss fight with him which was one of the first times i remember being like annoyed with uh the way the game played um but by the time you like refight him at the end which is really the next time that you have sort of extended exposure to him um all of all of the like gay menace there has been toned down, uh, and he's just sort of like an interesting agent of chaos. Yeah, I I I I'm totally mixed on. I him feel here. really conflicted about this whole thing because part of me is again, like I said, like just go for it. So if yeah. you're gonna have him like do it, then it to walk it to just drop it like the next time that you see him. I don't know, Girahim, I'm really torn on. One part that I think is cool that we've talked about before, and actually maybe this is our heart being ripped out, Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. references at the end, Demise, who's like the ultimate bad guy in the game. Um, he And this is like Girahim has been like working to summon him, basically. Yeah, he's... Um, and so Girahim is killed and demise like pulls a sword out of Girahim's like chest cavity. Yeah, well, and it another was another dimension, like a Mary Poppins type situation. Well, it's it's sort of my read that he's like taking all of the life force or all of like the being that is Girahim and turning it into this. Sword. Oh, got it. Um, like in in, in my mind, I, I like to put uh, Girahim and Fee into like the same category that like Fee becomes your sword. Girahim becomes his sword um and it's not like a one-for-one kind of thing but like there is something also very like interesting and compelling about a character who's like been working to like summon this great evil and then just gets used by it um is a cool narrative arc but like yeah that first impression with him is so I just don't know what to do I don't know what to do either I really uh I did not hate the character yeah and maybe maybe what I maybe we should just uh we should just claim Girahim as queer, yeah, and just um, uh, start like cosplaying him as a drag queen, or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. Girahim should just become a gay icon. I think is probably the only way out of this. Yeah, let's do it. Let's lean into it. Do you want to write him down? Yeah, I'll <laughs> write right. him down. Write him down, and then he can go into our our final uh, conversation. Uh, next up, we are moving to Fun Fun Island. Uh, and the only character who, on Fun Fun Island is, of course, the owner and proprietor of Fun Fun Island, uh, a horrible clown by the name of Dodo. Um, I don't like this guy. I don't like Fun Fun Island. I don't like going down to like pick up his wheel of chance. I think this guy can g- g- kick kick rocks. I don't care about him at all. Yeah, Fun f- or Dodo sucks. He is wearing like a clown outfit with mm-hmm. suspenders. Holds a big trumpet. Big dumb hat. And, oh yeah, horrible hat. And ha- is like, I guess it's a wheel that's behind him, attached to him. But yeah, it yeah. looks like like a peacock display. I don't know. Dodo, get out of here with that. Also, I gotta say, uh, one of the mechanics that I never enjoyed engaging with in Skyward Sword was the controlling yourself as you fall. Oh my gosh, yes. I could not figure it out for the life of me. I could it's not the, like... If I wanted to play Pilot Wings, <laughs> I'd play Pilot Wings. <laughs> I could not get the motion control. Or like, yeah. it never became muscle memory. So whatever it was, I had to do it like... Th- there's part of the game, in order to advance, you have to jump off the waterfall on 
um, Skyloft and like do this controlled fall oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, onto a windmill so you can get a gear or whatever. And it took me like multiple times. I would, and to be like, how every time I jumped off, even though I was just re- repeating it, I would be like, how do I do this? Like it never felt natural. I completely agree. Fun, fun island. Yeah. Trash. Yeah. 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 I, I, it's, I mean, just get, get out of here with it. We are done discussing Fun Fun Island. Let's move on to uh, Pumpkin Landing, uh, which is an inn in the middle of a, uh, the sky, a floating island in the sky where literally all that's there is this, like, it's an inn, right? Uh, like a, a bar when maybe there's, there is like a bedroom, but maybe that's where the owner sleeps. Um and a pumpkin patch uh, out back. And, like, that's it. Also, the whole thing is sh- shaped like a giant pumpkin. whole thing is shaped like a giant pumpkin. One of the best things you can do there is knock the chandelier out of, uh, off the ceiling and then work to replace it. So uh, there are four characters listed here as uh, residents of the, the pum- uh, pumpkin landing. We've got Rusta, who's, like, an older gentleman who drinks too much. Um, he is a regular at um, the... The what what is the actual name of the the restaurant? Is it like the Leaky Pumpkin? It's something like that. Lumpy Pumpkin. Yeah. Um. We've got Pum, who is the owner and proprietor of the uh, Lumpy Pumpkin. He is always found behind the bar, uh, always polishing a glass. Uh, and he will hold Link to account for uh, any damage that you cause in the Lumpy Pumpkin. There's uh Kina who is usually out back at the uh, pumpkin patch. She also sings at, at one point early in the game, um, and you have to accompany her like at, at the Lumpy Pumpkin. And his Pum's daughter. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, and then there's Keat, uh, and I don't remember Keat's deal. Do you remember no, Keat? No, just, like, uh, just at the bar, Yeah, as far as I can tell. Keat looks like a child. He's described as a young man who regularly fre- who frequents the Lumpy Pumpkin. Uh, Mark, tell me about your affection for any of these characters. I don't really have any. Um, so I sort of like Pum, um, just in that he does like there are very few characters in the game that like give Link crap, you know, or like Link can be uh, an inconsiderate dude right he's throwing pots he's uh somersaulting into stuff somebody specifically asks him to not knock down the chandelier a very simple yeah normal request that really somebody shouldn't even have to ask you to do no it seems like common courtesy (laughs) you see a chandelier don't knock it down um but he does it he does it and then and pum furious but it lets you off pretty easy. Like you have to make two pumpkin soup deliveries, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, that's that's fine." I guess it really tells you how like uh, difficult it is to deliver pumpkin soup. Yeah, I mean, there's no Uber Eats for Skyloft, so like you know you gotta you gotta work something out. Um, but I think I agree if what you're suggesting is that we don't bring any of these into our final conversation. Yeah, I I don't think any of them are bad characters. Um, they're I think like. Especially after talking about just talking about Dodo, like in comparison, I love these guys. Of course, but none of them are in contention for the best. Um, I will say that I lo- I really like the aspect of Rusta's character. This is the sort of like drunk who is always sort of like hunched over at a table at the bar. Um, is that he's the one that introduces the idea to Link that there is some force that is stalking around. Uh, Skyloft at night that you uh, eventually learn is is Betro, um, 
but like he there's there's like a real life like uh you know cryptid enthusiast uh who like knows that there are monsters somewhere and like why doesn't anyone believe him and it's because he's a drunk Mm mm-hmm you know, he's like uh, he's like the guy that got picked up by UFOs. This is an Independence Day reference. He's he's uh, 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 R- R- uh, Randy Quaid's character in, in that movie. Um, and no one believes him because he's a horrible drunk. We can now move on to the largest gallery of uh, NPCs, Skyloft itself. Mark, how would you like to approach this? So I think there are a lot of characters in skyloft who i feel like we can just we don't even really have to linger on them we can probably just mention them and move on but there are a few that i really enjoyed and would want to talk a little bit more about all right so let's let's start with just quickly addressing there are three um and what are they called the the sky rescuers or whatever mm-hmm. um their names are uh Foeni, uh toby and horg uh, and is Janka also one of them? Yeah, Janka is is, is another one. Um, so uh, I any any of them, all they do is rescue what rescue you when you fall off of Skyloft. Uh, just they're mechanical in nature, and you know don't really they're not characters as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Um, all right, Mark, why don't why don't you uh lead, lead us off here? Okay, are we talking about? Well, can I talk about characters that I like out of this group? Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's talk about some characters. Let's talk about characters that you like. Okay, so one character that I really enjoyed was uh, I think it's Patrice or Patrice. Mm-hmm. Sure. So in Skyward Sword, you can only carry a limited number of items in like your inventory, and so you go into the bazaar, which is the big marketplace, and Patrice is the character who is working the desk where you check items. Right. And she is bored. She is bored. Constantly is just like hands, her face in her hands, yep. wishing anything interesting would happen to her. When you come by, not big on customer service. No. You know, she until. says her little spiel. Right. Yes, until, and this is an important point, mm-hmm. uh, she gets a crush on link which i mean you know anyone spends enough time with link they're gonna develop they're gonna catch feelings right that's just what that's what link is he exudes sexual energy Uh, everyone just wants to be with him and uh patrice 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 who knows um is is no exception and she like asks you Uh like to be her boyfriend and you have the option of saying like yes you want to no you don't want to what did you say patrick oh i said no i I, said no as well link and zelda forever (laughs) like there's no way that i'm and i'm not even gonna like lead her on um but yeah she's a great character i think she should be in in the running here the one thing that for me kind of like knocks that whole thing down is uh peter her father um is a weird looking dude. He almost looks too normal, too much like a regular person in the world of Skyward Sword. Um, that he he doesn't want his daughter uh, to date. Um, so this is uh, when when you uh, either a- accept her uh, proposal and become her boyfriend. She gives you gratitude crystals. If you turn her down. Then, <laughs> then her father gives you the gratitude crystals because you kept his daughter from dating, which is gross. So Peter can hit the road, but Patrice, I, I like. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
Um, should I uh, call out a, a character that, that I like from yeah. uh, Skyloft? Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Birdie, uh, who is the father or the, the husband in the uh, potion making uh, duo. They are Love and Birdie. Love uh, is the, the, the wife who actually sells the potions and seemingly like makes them or maybe just has like the recipes or, or whatever. Um, they also have a, a newborn child uh, who is uh, colicky, seems to be uh, crying all night long. Um, and Birdie is up all night with this baby until you find a way to pacify it. Um, and uh, when you see them in the shop he's got the baby in like a backpack with him uh while he's like stirring stuff into the into the into the potions um he's great he's so sweet and supportive and like you know love is the face of the potion making uh endeavor um but birdie he's the engine man he's the one like making it work yeah absolutely yeah i like birdie a lot too when i noticed that he has their child like on his back yeah i just thought that was a really fun detail uh we're, we're putting birdie in our uh final list mark do you have a, another character yeah another name? one i liked was um uh sparrow or spirit he's the short like fortune teller dude yeah what a weirdo huge eyes huge beautiful eyes he's like a big man baby <laughs> just an enormous head tiny little hands yeah um and you help him by getting like a new crystal ball. I he's just a big weirdo. I like his character design. I think he's really funny. Yeah, I, I liked him a lot. Um, I didn't visit him very much, uh, just because I in Zelda games I tend not I tend to stay away from the fortune tellers, um, just because I don't want to lose you know rupees on uh, them telling me something that I'd rather just discover. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, but it's it's hard to miss him in the bazaar because like he's just in there sitting on the ground in like a little tent inside a tent which is wild um and he's just got those big gorgeous eyes and again a kicking mustache on this guy great mustache for sure uh do you want to put him in 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 contention here for best no i don't think so but a good character um let's see who else do i well okay uh i maybe the elephant in the room and a possible contender for absolutely obviously the best npc in the game batro um this is the monster man who lives uh under the cemetery um in like a little house um who wants to be more human and so he encourages link to do nice things for people so he can collect gratitude crystals and become human mm-hmm. um i like batro a lot I like Batro a lot, too. I d- actually didn't get enough gratitude crystals to turn him human. Neither did I. Yeah, but um, ostensibly you can. I really like that he befriends. So most of the citizens are, like, scared of him, yeah. like, including the character I'd like, the Lumpy Pumpkin. But he befriends, like, a little girl named uh, Kukil, mm-hmm. and who refers to him as, like, Uncle Bats. It's pretty cute. Let's let's put Kukil uh, in, in, the, in the list here of, of possible best uh npcs Uh, i'm writing her down uh because she's just adorable she's having like a who can scream the loudest contest (laughs) with a monster man she's like she reminds me it's like a boo and solely from monsters inc type of relationship 100 percent. that is exactly what that is um yeah the thing the other thing that i like about um batro is that being a weird demon monster thing 
he is truly ushering evil into Skyloft. Because yeah, that's when, right. When you do collect enough gratitude crystals to transform him into human, then no, then the uh, the weird cat things don't become aggressive at night anymore, and there are no longer any monsters that attack you at night on Skyloft, because his evil is not influencing. <laughs> so like he is like, don't get it twisted. He's not a good-hearted monster. He's still an evil monster. Well, it's but like, he wants to be good. Yeah, it's almost like his. Uh, I I think he is good natured like he he genuinely wants to be friends yeah. but his nature is right. such that just by existing he attracts like <laughs> he like causes uh this evil these other monsters to be there Bat- Batra is pretty great and you meet him early in the game and it's such a for me it was such like a a clicking moment with skyward sword where it's like oh yes this is gonna have like because previous to this, there was a lot of story, which I enjoyed, but it was a lot of the stuff with Groose, where you're like, I've kind of seen it. Like, yeah. where is this going to go? And Vetro was the first kind of, like, weirdo NPC that is introduced that you're like, okay, I can really dig this. Right. Like, there's there's something interesting happening here. Um, so, uh, Mark, do you want to write up Vetro uh, for one of our uh, possible... Um, there we go. Uh, all right. Uh, who else on Skyloft is worth talking about? There are a lot of other characters here. Uh, do you, do you want to bring one up, Mark? There's not really very many others that I like a ton. I like Rupin, who is the main um, merchant on Skyloft in the bazaar that you go to. Mm-hmm. He, you know, is kind of a classic char- Zelda character type where he's very cheery, has really rosy cheeks, this smile pasted on his face. And then, you know, when he thinks you're going to buy something, but when you aren't buying something or something goes wrong, he immediately like turns it off like a light switch. Well, and it's not just, it's not just turns it off like a light switch. Cause like he will go from, uh, manic to depressive, right? When no one's around, he's just like shoulders slumped. Uh, no one's buying anything. But if you look at something and then don't buy it, he becomes furious. <laughs> and you watch this character just like swallow his rage. It's pretty funny. It is really funny. Um, and I, I both loved loved it every time and like hated disappointing him. <laughs> Ruben's pretty good. I feel like let's yeah, go put ahead. It, put him on the list. Put him on the list. Um, let's see, uh, some other characters here. I like some, I like basically all of Link's, uh, classmates. Um, I don't know if any of them fall into the, uh, you know, into the final conversation here, but let's bring up, uh, some of them. Let's bring up like Fledge, um, who is like, obviously the runt of the, of, of night school. Um, and like, he's just like, Link, I want to be like you. I got to do pushups, <laughs> right? Uh, Fledge is like the only way to get stronger or more like link is to do push-ups um but he runs out of stamina so you got to get him a stamina potion yeah it's kind of a it's a fun little um side quest throughout the game because you have to you go there multiple times yeah he's like progressing each time and at the end he finally does like a thousand push-ups or something like that something like that it's a lot um also, like very rosy cheeks, as you mentioned previously. Uh, again, I don't think uh, I don't think I want to put him in our our final conversation. What about Colin? Which I don't even remember which one Colin is. Colin. Oh, Cal- it's yeah, yeah. It's C A W L I N. Right. So it's you know like a lot of these names, it's a, a, a both a bird pun and a regular name. So it's Colin, but with Caw, uh, Colin. Um, so 
Colin is uh, ha- has a crush on what is her name like uh Karen um and wants you Link to deliver a love note uh to uh, to to Karen. Um and you can do that if you want in the game or you can f- throw the love note in the toilet because there's a voice in there saying give me paper. <laughs> I chose to throw it right in the I toilet. I threw it right in the toilet. Yeah, absolutely. Karen uh, was not going to get that love note, um, which then, of course, the being in the toilet uh, reads the note, assumes that Colin wrote it for uh, for it, uh, and then like spends its nights as a disembodied hand uh, just like caressing Colin's face, <laughs> who never gets a good night's sleep ever again. There is no it's more so tragic funny. figure. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's brutal. Um so I mean that well I love that story the the story around that is so good uh but I also sort of hate that there's a possibility that you could give his love note to its intended recipient. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> yeah, the the like bad version of it. I guess it's not even really bad, but the version of it where you don't deliver the letter is really really funny though. Yeah, really really satisfying. Um there's also uh, Gondo, who is like the the repair man who uh, can fix your shields or upgrade your gear. Um, he's wearing some kind of like weird helmet, and he's always always game, or he's like excited every time like Link comes around and like ready to upgrade something. Yeah, his the helmet that he wears kind of reminds me of um, like uh, Owl Man from Watchmen. Sure, yeah, it is a little bit like that. It all, but it looks like if Owl Man's helmet was the face of another creature and it was just like skinned and put over it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks alive in a way that makes me uncomfortable. Uh But no, otherwise I can't think of any other Skyloft characters that really stand out to me. Should we run through just the list of the other ones real quick? Sure. So there's uh, Rina, uh, Rina. I I actually don't know what the, um, the play on words here is. Um, She's uh, Kukil's mother. There is Toby, Oh, which we talked about, just one of the rescue knights. Right. Uh, there's Pippet, who is another one of uh, Link's classmates. He's sort of the more, most, like, normal uh, of them. He, he, uh, uh, Karain has a crush on him. Um, but other than that, these characters are a little bit. And don't, don't Pippin's, like, parents brag about him or, or something? He's, he goes on, like, patrol at night and, uh. Uh, when you encounter his parents, they're like, oh, Pippet's out on patrol. Oh, yeah. There, uh, I am just looking at this list. I'm just realizing now that the disembodied hand has a name, which is like Feeny, which or oh, is Feeny. That, oh, okay. That's and so, that. I, but it's just Phoenix without the X. Right. So, Another classic backspace name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there is Piper, who uh, is the chef at the like restaurant inside the bazaar. There is Pero who I don't know anything about. Uh, Pero and uh, Oriel are the, the two residents of Skyloft that are really into the loft wings. Um, so they'll like talk to they They're the ones that make you like you rescue one of them um, stranded, like out on one of the islands. Oh, that, like their loft it. wing is hurt. Um, so they are loft wing enthusiasts, but um, yeah, other than that, they don't have too much personality. Owlin which is um, one of the instructors at the Knight Academy and looks like an owl. Sure does look like an owl. I believe he is the one who uh, is interested in, in plants and will study um, that little uh, kikwi that you bring him. 
we mentioned Love uh, as the owner of the potion shop and um, Bertie's uh, wife. Uh, there's uh, who haven't we talked about yet? Jackamar. What do you do, Jackamar? He's a repairman. I don't remember. He's a Kukiel's father. Oh, okay. There we go. Um, let's see. Who else haven't we talked about and is worth mentioning? Yeah. Uh, Henya is an old woman who works at the Night Academy and is a cook. Uh, there's, uh, Horwell, who's another one of the instructors. Um, there's, uh, Gepora, um, who is, uh, Zelda's father, basically is the, uh, the king of Hyrule role here, but there are no kings on Skyloft. There's Aegis, which is like the combat training instructor at the Knight Academy. And really, I did not interact with Aegis at all, except in the very beginning when yeah, you have too. to do the tutorial. Me too. Um, and then there's uh, Dovos and Crew, uh, who are both the, the, the guys that just like hang out at the restaurant in the bazaar. Um, and if you sit down next to them, they will offer to buy you a drink and then tell you about something. Um, but, you know, all, all sort of uh, not characters of consequence. So I guess there's three characters here that uh, the Zelda fandom wiki characterizes as being in the sky. Um, I'm not ex- exactly sure why two of them are not part of Skyloft. That is Stritch. Yeah. So let, let, let's talk Stritch. I guess he's just another one of uh, Link's schoolmates. Yeah, he's one of Groose's One of Groose's um, goons. Goons, yeah. This extremely tall one. Um, and maybe like definitely as uh, uh, doesn't have like an interesting story connected to him the way Not that, that I, like, yeah. Colin does. Uh, and then is the other one that you're going to mention Beetle? Yes. Let's talk Beetle. Beetle, uh, a character who has been around since Wind Waker, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and always as part of like a mobile shop, right? That he runs on his own. Uh, in this game, the mobile shop is like a flying little shack that he powers uh, with a bicycle inside of it. Um, amazing. Just uh, a- absolutely iconic. He conducts all business from the bicycle because if he stops pedaling, <laughs> it would fall. It would fall. Um, he also gets frustrated when you pick something up and don't buy it or leave without buying anything. Which makes sense because you're 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 coming, adding weight. You're adding weight. So like either conduct business or get right. out of there. He also has like interesting, useful stuff uh, pretty much all the time. Um, so it is uh, good and fun to like shop there. One thing, and this is not necessarily Beetle's fault and especially not in Skyward Sword, kind of. But one thing I've always held against Beetle is that um, although both he and Tingle you know, are mm-hmm. in Wind Waker. I feel like um, Beetle is more acceptable to people. And so Beetle has persisted on in oh. ways that like Tingle, Nintendo's still a little ashamed of. I don't think you can hold that against and Beetle. And won't bring him out. And so Beetle like um, kind of like takes the Tingle spot though in a lot of these games, right? Yeah, yeah. When I would say in this game in particular, there's Beetle, you got a weird haircut, buddy. Um, and then on top of that, you're wearing like one eighth of a shirt. What's going on with, with Beetle's shirt? Hey, he's sweaty. He's biking all day. Why wear it at all? <laughs> it's so it's it's like ultra short sleeves yeah. and like just the collar. Modesty. Uh, <laughs> um 
I like I, Beetle. I like I like Beetle, and I think I like this version of Beetle better than like other times that we've seen him. He's not as obsessed. I mean, he still look. He still likes bugs. Yes, yes. Well, and you learn this if you go to sleep in his shop and then wake up on his private island, which is also the only way to access this thing at night uh, because you can't go flying at night. Um, but so if, if you're in his shop, there's a bed there. You can choose to lay down. Um, and when you're on his island at night, he's like sitting by uh, a fire, kind of like quietly, like speaking to himself. And when he's alone and not in like shop mode, or maybe when he's not on a bike, honestly, maybe this is the what changes it. Um, he becomes very eloquent and starts speaking uh, in these grand sentences that just like tumble over each other in like huge words. Um, and it just it betrays an inner life. Uh, and like a secret life that a lot of the rest of these characters don't have. But is one of the, that's such a good point because I feel like that's one of the things we like so much about Zelda characters is they are weird and not just weird, but they uh, it feels like r- real that you know yeah. they would in a lot of situations like when they're conducting business and that kind of stuff they present themselves one way and then or they do their best to present themselves. Yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they have this facade. So many yeah. Zelda characters NPCs what makes them so appealing is they have this facade and then you also see them like breaking the facade. It's yeah. such like a, a classic way to portray these characters and it's a lot of fun and Beatles a great example of that. Yeah. And like he does have that, like you said, he's uh, obsessive about Beatles. He loses one uh, and you have to go on like a quest to get it back. It's all very, um, you know, just weirdos have their weird things that they're interested in. And like Beetle is, is totally one of those. The other uh, character in this grouping is Levios, which is a big old space whale. Yeah. I mean, this is sort of the windfish, right? Yeah. Um, this is a cool, uh, it may be hard to qual- uh, like categorize it as a character, um, so much as just like a mythic beast in the sky. That's Yeah, it really is. It's this big mythic beast that's flying around in this special like stormy area of the sky. And you have to collect items from each of the three dragons that we talked about earlier. And then you go back to Levios and you land on his back. And um, now that you've had, sorry, you're getting uh, pieces of a song from yeah. each of the dragons. Then you go to Levios and you perform it and all of the the three dragons and Levios kind of like come together in a um in this cutscene. I, I liked that part. I thought that part was cool. Yeah. But the character like you said, hard to call this a character. Yeah, I mean he is so just like evocative though, right? Like you have to do battle with like the sort of corruption that's on him twice. Like once while you're flying around and then again just like landing on his back and like fighting it off. Those are all really cool moments. I like Levius as a, uh, or, or Levias, who knows? Oh, it's probably Levias. I bet like, you're right. Like Leviathan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like him as a concept a lot, um, but as a character, I think he's he's lacking. Yeah. Uh, again, glad we talked about him not going to be in the running here, which then uh, leaves us with just a handful of characters left to discuss. Uh, there is Zelda. This is one of my, surprisingly, one of my favorite versions of Zelda. Doesn't r- really have anything to do in the game, right? Like there's Once the game gets going. Yeah. yeah. But um, her relationship with Link, I think, is one of my favorites and one of the parts that I was really surprised that I enjoyed as much as I did. Um, it, because weirdly, like, 
in the other games, they kind of tell you like, oh, they ha they're friends or they have some sort of connection. But this is the only one that I can recall where it actually felt like, yeah, the, they are friends. Like they, yeah. they do care about each other. Yeah. Well, and I also, I like that they have this like sort of shared thing of, you know, they're both raised to be what they are on Skyloft uh, and then discover a destiny beyond that, that takes them down to the surface. They have to do things they never imagined. Um, and like Lincoln Zelda, you know, normally it's just kind of Link on that journey. Uh, and it's cool to see Zelda on her own version of it. And she gets, she's doing stuff like Link is following her and like trying to get to her um, and doesn't understand the things that she's going through until like you're through the third temple or whatever. Uh, and then you're like, oh no, she has been like working to protect the sacred grounds and all this stuff. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like she's not for the most part, and this goes out the window at the end, but for most of the game, you, um, even though you are not like actively together, like in the beginning, Link is trying to find her, does not understand like the situation that she's in. Yeah. And so you think you're going to rescue her, but you're not really. Impa's already has that taken care of. Right. Like Impa's protecting her and Impa's like, get out of here. Like you go do your thing. Cause Zelda's, you know, like has to stay here and do hers. Right. 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 You got to fight the gear dude. Uh -huh. <laughs> We're doing other stuff. Um, uh, all right, so other characters we have not yet addressed. Uh, the LD301S Scrapper Droid. Um, Hate this thing. Yeah. He, uh, he, walk us through why we hate him. He's a, he has a bad attitude. Bad attitude. Okay, so uh, this Scrapper Droid, there are parts in the game where arbitrarily there's like a big item that you can't carry, but has to be transported from one place to another. And so... Fee will call down the scrapper droid, which basically just has like these big arms that will pick it up, and then just the biggest arms. And then where you can, uh, when you go back to the sky part portion of the game, you can fly to whatever destination, and the scrapper droid will follow you. But I, the thing that really bugged me about it is that every time Fee is like, "Oh, I'm going to call the scrapper droid," so here's a cutscene, you know, of the scrapper droid arriving, yeah. and yeah. here's the cutscene of the scrapper droid picking stuff up. And uh, I don't need any of that. I understand the utility of the scrapper droid after the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with this entirely. And it's also, uh, like, in that you summon him and there's a little cutscene and whatever, that's a very, that's like the kind of thing that's wrong with Skyward Sword, you know what I mean? And that isn't really sanded out by the HD treatment yeah. of, of the game. Um, I, li I liked so much the idea of having one of these things to, like, help you. Um but it is it is so rigid in its implementation that like it just isn't he just isn't super fun, and like you say, bad attitude. He's always complaining about stuff, and not in like a fun. I think it's supposed to be in a fun like R two D two sort of way, but but we can't hear what R two D two is saying. We yeah. just hear like beeps and we little just know farts. he swears a lot. Yeah, we love it. Uh, finally, Mark, I think we are not to the final NPC. Demise. Demise is you know like uh, the proto Ganon looks like ganon has kind of like big orange hair but yeah. it's like fiery it's really cool it's, it is it's like it, it has fire cool. on its scalp and also he feels more savage than ganon right yes there's like a, a little bit of a grace to ganondorf where he is uh he's meeting with the king he is trying to you know 
make things happen so he can eventually take over the countryside. But Demise, he just wants to wreck stuff. Yeah, because I think Demise is straight up like a demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you're right. Doesn't have like those refinities that um, Ganon would eventually um, put. There, there's not very, there's no real deceit, right? No, Ganon is, or uh, Demise is not trying to fool anybody. You know, he's not two-faced. Like, Demise is just an agent of chaos. Right. Right, right, right. I, I think the... Uh, I, it's a cool twist, right? When uh, Girahim is destroyed, get, gets turned into this sword for Demise. But I feel like, as is kind of a problem with Ganon and a lot of... And Ganondorf and a lot of the Zelda games. Not much of a character on right, its own. It's right. just kind of like... And here's this Ganon-type bad guy at the very end because... What would this Zelda game be if one of these didn't show up? Right. Well, and like I do like that when he is vanquished, he's like, "I'm coming back." Yeah. Uh, in one form or another, and I will, uh, you know, haunt the future incarnations of you until the end of time. Like, there's something so sinister and scary. Yeah, about where that it's kind like, threat. yes, because he's very much like you realize you didn't really win. Yeah. You're just delaying the inevitable. Right. And then the, that inevitability plays out in the form of every other Zelda game that we've ever played. Um, so there is, I, I like Demise a lot, but again, sort of like as a character, this is uh, sort of falls in the uh, call-in camp for me where like the story around him is cool. Do I like the character? I, I, I guess probably not. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think that means then that we have our final list of possible best characters, best NPCs in The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Mark, how many characters do we have here? We have... Well, maybe two, like 10? 10. 10. 11. 11. Okay. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. No, we have 10. <laughs> Good thing... You double-checked. <laughs> Not that it would have mattered, as uh, we're about to just start eliminating characters. Um, but let, let's go through who we have on the list uh, at present. Starting with... I think you're wrong. I think we do have 11. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Oh, yeah, you're right. We have 11. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, uh, so here they are in no order. Gorko, the Goron. Arupin. Uh, Platts, the, the, uh, ma Magma. Magma. Uh, Petrice. <laughs> uh, Birdie. Beetle. Girahim. Uh, Batro. Impa. Kukil. And Zelda. Uh, oh boy, we got some heavy hitters in here. Um, and I, I think maybe just like worth acknowledging that we have a couple characters here that are like, mainstays in the series specifically zelda and impa mm -hmm. um and i don't know that that changes the way i feel about them but just worth noting uh maybe we like them as much as we do because they are characters that we've known for kind years. of another one that i personally will put in that although definitely not on the same level but close is beetle yeah beetle is also like a, a legacy character everyone else is specific to just this game which uh, I think speaks well for the uh, uniqueness of these characters. Mm -hmm. Mark, is there anyone that you want to eliminate here as we are are talking through it? Yeah, one I feel fine eliminating is uh, Gorko. Gorko and Rupin, I would I would be fine taking both of those off the board. So Gorko is the Goron who is like the um, archaeologist. Yeah, that you see on the surface multiple times throughout the game. 
I like Gorko a lot. Uh, great character, fun character design, but not much. Th- we talked about liking the rich inner life of some of these characters yeah. and kind of how they have that turn that is either unexpected or really funny. And Gorko doesn't really have that. Gorko, I mean, I, I would argue like that he's what so- you get. Yeah, it is what you get, but he's already playing against Goron type. Right, that he is a wanderer. He's you meet him in the green forest. Um, he's a merchant. Um, so like I think there is some of that there that like you can uh, intuit his values and like his lifestyle from uh, what he does in the game. But I do think that uh, Gorko, Rupin, and Beetle all fill the weird merchant category, and of those three, Beetle is my favorite. I think so too. Uh, which makes me say. Uh, Rupin, you and your weird uh, mood swings. Gorko, you're a Goron in the forest. Uh, we love you both, but so long. Rupin, see a therapist. Yeah, I mean, for real. Get those, get some of that under control. Th- thank you for putting on a brave face to go into work, but like, come on, man. Um, let's talk about plats a little bit. Uh, the Magmas that I have uh, the hardest time remembering <laughs> what, what the name of their species is. Um, I'm sort of off-put by all of them. They're weird spindly arms. Uh, this one is helpful, and I like that he's scared. I like the treasure chest on his back. But ultimately, I don't love any of the Magmas. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't really have much to say in defense of Platts that we haven't already said. Aesthetically, yeah. I think he's cute. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Uh, okay, we are left now. Here, here's where we are. Uh, Patrice... Beetle, Girahim, Birdie, Batro, Kukil, Zelda, and Impa. So uh, another one that I like, Birdie. This mm-hmm. is the um, one of the potion people has the baby on his back. The beleaguered father. The beleaguered father. Um, but hard to say it's like an all-time great. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm glad he got this far into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um just that little family is so cute. And yeah, I love it. very fun. Um, but yeah, you're right. Get out of here. Uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about Girahim. Yeah. Let. Okay. That first impression with Girahim is so rough. I, I, I really, really, really struggle with Girahim. I don't know what I. I don't know how I feel about him. I don't know how to reconcile my like feelings. Yeah. About Girahim, I think I'm just so like deep soul weariness at yeah. some of the like uh queer coding tropes and all that kind of stuff that i i just don't want to talk about Girahim anymore all right then we're taking Girahim off the yeah. board um which uh was going to be my my impulse there as well uh although i do want to talk about just one more thing about uh Girahim, um is the way he like teleports around and leaves those little like diamonds uh, in, in his wake is very fee like, right? And the way she dances around, yes. just another way that the game is sort of like uh, hinting that they are similar in in that regard. I also just really like aesthetically th- that his like deal is diamonds. Yeah, like I think it's just it's it's cool that that is. Um... I don't know. Yeah, that, just, that's part of like works. his design. It, yeah. It's neat. I like uh, that a lot. The I would love to see Girahim in another game. Uh, like they just need another crack at him. Just give me another I think crack so at Girahim. I do think that the Nintendo of today would not. Yeah, I agree. Would not do that. I agree. Um, all right. Uh, 
So uh, let's talk about Kukil and Batro. Okay. Because they're connected, not at all the same character, but um, connected. So I like Kukil. I think Kukil is a very cute kid. Definitely not really in the conversation for best to me. Right. I mean, a a kid, what's more interesting? A kid who wants to be best friends with a monster or the monster the kid wants to be best friends with? And the answer is always, you're always going to go with Beetlejuice over Lydia, right? Right. So like... All right, so sorry, Kukil. Uh, we we love you, um, but if we're gonna choose either you or Batro, Batro is going to to win out. Um, but actually, let's talk about Batro here because uh, we are down at this point to five characters: Patrice, Beetle, Batro, Impa, and Zelda. Um, actually, let's talk Patrice. I was thinking just the same thing because when we named those out, obviously the weak link. Yes, obviously the weak link. We love how bored she is. We love that all she wants is to hook up with Link. We've all had jobs where we felt this way. Totally. Where we're just like, every minute just drags by. Right. Feels like hours. Except for those two minutes where the cute nurse comes by (laughs) to get a coffee and you have to make it for her and you flirt a little bit and you're like, oh, if if we could just get together. Anyway, all right. See ya, Petrice. Beetle, Batro, Zelda, and Impa. By the way, Betro, doing great here. He's the only first-timer in, in in this game. Like I said before, Betro makes, for me, such an impression yeah. and sets the tone for Skyward Sword so well because you hit, you reach Betro and you're like, oh, this game is going to be fun. Like, yeah. it has yes. a sense of humor. It's going to, you know, like, have these weird diversions. Um funny that there's a demon living under the cemetery that yep. just wants to be friends with people and you have to get gratitude crystals to make it human you don't really know or at least i didn't that is he telling me the truth like do yeah, if knows? i do this thing also <laughs> yeah. batro uh kind of has like a merchant thing going on because as you collect more yeah he gives you crystals, cool stuff he gives you like cool stuff really useful he gives you stuff. a cursed medallion <laughs> he does though. but he warns you yes, not true. to use it you can choose. I. You can choose to take it. You can choose to use it. But he's like, "Don't do it. That thing's cursed." <laughs> yeah, which is funny and such a Zelda thing too, where it's like, "Here's an item. It's bad." <laughs> <laughs> um, but I so like I just want to speak to that point of like, "Oh, this game is going to be fun." Um, and that's sort of like the turn uh, in, in the characters that we find interesting. I think Beetle does that. Uh, oh, this game is going to be fun from the moment you meet him because the design of his like flying shop thing is so strange because you have to ring a bell on it so he drops a rope so you can climb up there uh, and then you the turn for him isn't a turn into weird it's a turn into sad um, that when we 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 meet him as a weirdo we get to know him more and discover uh, like a deep sadness and loneliness about him um, I think yeah that's a really good point yeah. I think for me when I was playing this game because I had encountered Beetle like times before most recently in Breath of the Wild, that when yeah. I saw him, I was like, oh, cool, it's Beetle. But it didn't have that same, like, breath of fresh air that, like, a new character like yeah, Metro. Yeah, totally, did. totally. Um, we also uh, still have uh, Zelda and Impa on, on the list here. I think at this point I want to eliminate Zelda. Just, I really like the, re- the relationship between Zelda and Link a lot. I think Zelda is, the, like the most of a character yeah uh in these games it really actually after playing this it made me look back on the story of breath of the wild and feel even like 
more down on it. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Just because it's so, like, removed. It's so remote. There's no, like, connection, really, between... I feel like there's more of a connection between the champions and Link than there is Zelda and Link. And I, that is, I guess, like, part of the point yeah. of the story, right? That like, all, their relationship all of the connections different. are are absent right like anything that link had any connection he had to the world has been destroyed uh which is one of the things that makes uh skyward sword so cool um but is also you know something that the player misses as well which probably just makes it thematically stronger but still we miss it um but i feel like you never or at least i don't remember having the catharsis at the end where you're like and they're like link has his memories back they're right yeah that's true that's true um but uh, b- back to uh, Skyward Sword, I do think that the um, Zelda doesn't necessarily have the sort of like turn that we uh, were sort of describing in, in these other characters. Um, the like meaningful turn moment that, or like the time that made me feel was her thing with Impa and just uh, like realizing that that is the same woman. Absolutely. Uh, from uh, thousands of years in the past. So uh, if it comes down to Zelda or Impa, I got to give it to Impa. So Zelda, we love you. Uh, we are now down to our final three: Batro, Beetle, and Impa. Rarify there. Whoever walks away from this already heart of a champion. Um, Mark, do we want to eliminate? Was uh, like continue eliminating, or should we try to do like a one, two, three, and see if we land on the same best one at this point? Can I say? Uh... I will just say one we thing about making cases. I will just say want, one yeah. thing about Impa. Yes. And then I think, yeah, we should totally okay. see where we land. I'll be really curious if we have the same one in mind. Um the uh the case I would say against Impa is Impa as like the the younger version, the warrior. The joy of this character in general in this game for me is the connection between the reveal that yeah. she is the old woman character because the old woman character, you know, plays the role of this like Oracle of this sage mysterious otherwise. And it makes sense because they're waiting for this like reveal at the end, but because the whole thing and Impa as like the young, like military, like protector, yeah, not really much of a character. Right. Yeah. And so the, um, and so there's just like not much there, there, other than this reveal at the end that like connects it through time where you're like, that is so like sweet and cool and right. awesome. Well, but... and it's, I mean, you can also tell a lot about characters about uh, a lot about characters by who they're important to within the story. And the fact that Impa is very important to Zelda as a young woman and very important to Groose as an old woman. Um, like you, you just a, a lot of what you're already feeling is tied up in like the relationships between the characters, and she has successful relationships with many of the characters, um, successful, meaningful, important relationships. Um, so I, I, I will agree that she's not totally characterized, although she is a little bit uh, as as the young Impa, where she has this like the sort of like militarism is like no link, like back off, I <laughs> right? Got like this, like why are you in the beginning? <laughs> she's like, why are you even here? Like. You are not strong enough for this. It and doesn't you're not. feel good. Yeah, you're not. Like that's the whole, the uh, whole point of the beginning. Yeah, I, I'm definitely. I agree with you a hundred percent. I just feel like Impa is a different type of character yeah. from these other two than Beetle and Betrayal. Like the reason we like Impa is I I think what you were saying about having connections to so many characters and 
so many core characters to the game makes Impa a strong contender. Right. Uh, and am I in some ways compensating for the fact that Groose was not allowed to be on this list? <laughs> uh, it's possible. I mean, that is possible. Um, all right, Mark, here's what I propose. I propose that we count down three, two, one, and then we say who we think is the best okay. uh, of, of these three. If we do not arrive at a unanimous conclusion, we have to continue discussing it. Yeah, I also think I, I love this idea. I think if we don't arrive at a unanimous conclusion, the one that neither of us say we can eliminate. Yes. Great. Great point. Um, do you know what you're going to I say? I do know what I'm going to okay. say. I have, I'm, I'm going to listen to my heart while I'm counting down. Yeah. Okay? Are you ready? Yep. Oh, sorry. Are we going three, two, one, then saying? Yeah, because okay. I have to say one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say one and a character's name at the same time. So. Unless the character <laughs> was named one. But none of these characters but are no, named but none one. Of them okay. are. All right, here, here we go. Uh, if if this works, we are about to say the name of the best NPC in the Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword. Three, two, one. Impa. Beetle. Batro is hitting the road. We are down to just Beetle and Impa. Uh, can I ask why you didn't say uh, Batro? Do you know? I uh, it's not. For me, it's less why I didn't say Batro and more like why I said Impa. Yeah. Right? Be, or like why I chose. Because I was actually not going to say Impa, but what you said about having like m the most connections with yeah. characters yeah. and like having those be real strong connections that we liked in all of them. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's amazing that they were able to do that with a single character. And... Uh, it puts all the characters that we like in orbit. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I went with Impa. Um, and I uh, so I, I think the the reason I went with Beetle um, is just uh, I don't know the 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 idea of that sort of like sadness and, and loneliness of the character uh, who retreats to his own island um, and just like hangs out with his beetles uh, is very sad and interesting. Um, but uh, uh, you know, just in in reflecting on that, has me thinking about Impa. And when you meet her in the sacred temple um, as an old lady for the first time, she's been alone for thousands of years, presumably, right? Right. Um, she does not seem sad. Uh, there is no loneliness to her solitude. Uh, and yet she welcomes connections to new characters that come into her life, like Link, like Groose. Yeah, in some ways, like, she feels very resolute. But in some ways, right, like... It, I don't know what what strange emotions to be waiting for thousands of years for something that you know is going to happen to happen, and yeah. then Link shows up one day, and you're like, "Oh crap, this is happening!" Right now is the time. Yeah, but like keeps her cool and is just like gonna get the just gets get it done. Yeah. Well, it, how awful would it be to be waiting thousands of years and then fail? Well, that's a great point. <laughs> okay. Is now the time when we just like break it down three, two, one, and whichever one I we say so, is, is, yeah. is gonna is gonna proceed. Yeah, we were split on this last time. Let's see what happens. Three, two, one. Impa, Impa has been declared the best NPC in the Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword. That is a definitive ruling from the Nintendo Cartridge Society. All right, Mark, let's close this out. I'm so happy with how that uh, played out. Me That's, too. Uh, it, it feels earned. It feels right. Not the one I came in with. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. I had 
a different selection in my head when I came in, but I feel much better about this. Yeah, I uh, I, I thought we were either going to – I thought Betro was going to go all the way. Uh, like, I thought that early. Um, and then, uh, you know, he made it far. Uh, and obviously, as the character who convinced you the game was going to be fun – uh, he he deserves to to, to go that far. Um, is there anyone that we missed or anyone that we should have given more credit to? Uh, if you think that, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. I'd be happy to continue talking about it, but of course our ruling is definitive. Impa is the best NPC in the game. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. Um, we appreciate it when you do that. You can also share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. Great. Uh, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Nope. I'm skipping things. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm, uh, at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of 8-Bit Betty's music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying justice for that voice in the toilet. And thank you for listening. I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrow's will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire.